Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial advice on all your debt. This is Coon Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Delighted to be joined by Mr. Jamie Conlon. Coons, how's things? Who I believe has just done the school run. Yep, just and had to jump in the my mum's here to, to get on the, the Coon and Cassius Zoom call. So, yeah, you can see it's, uh, it's a mother's house kind yeah, of thing. You can see that with the, the pictures in the background as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, huge week this week. Let's start with talking about the Golden Contract uh, final on Wednesday night, live on Sky Sports and obviously um, ESPN in America. Um, there's some great matchups on this. I mean, it's turned out from obviously Dickens and Walsh not happening on the previous show to actually adding to now Bolotniks and, uh, and Michelle and also this great fight between Egg Beniki and, and Harlem Eubank, which we'll come on to. But, um, yeah, it's a, a real kind of pick 'em 50-50 night on Wednesday. 100%. I think, I think uh, the, the main TV portion of the card is, is top drawer. You know, it's, it's, I looked at the, the batting um, lane yesterday and everything is, is 50-50 and it shows the strength of the card and the strength of the fates. I think... Uh, Ram Welch and Jazza Dickens has been a fight long in the making, even before this this uh, golden contract tournament came came up came apart. But um, it's a proper trade fight. It's a it's a boxers fight. It's a people who's in the industry understand what Jazza and and Ram Welch has been doing throughout their career. Hard slog to get where they're going, and it's it's a fight that I'm really looking forward to. Stylistically, I think it'll, it'll blend very well. I think Jazza's Southpaw style will 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 mix well with with Ryan Welch's good orthodox style, but he can also switch it up. So it's there's a lot into it that that um that can be debated about. So I'm really looking forward to it. then Balatniks and Balatniks and George Michelle. I didn't think these two would be into the final, and it's the the it's like a, the FA Cup kind of thing. It's like you, it's special about it. Balatniks beating Stephen Ward, then Jose Burton. Burton was the favourite in my book. But I thought Conroy, Conroy would have got well. We went to the final, but Serge Michel's a, a talented Olympian, you know, coming through. I thought he was special against Conroy. I thought he really upped his game. He really looked really looked the part. Whereas in the first round, he didn't he didn't impress me too much. So it's a it's an interesting fight. Balotniks is a bit of a crazy man from Latvia. He brings these kind of you know an added element to it that. If it would have been in front of the crowds, similar to Florian Marku, he would have had these kind of fanatical fans coming over. But instead, he's he set up like video links, etc., around Latvia that that um, that they'll all get to watch it on. So it's a strange one. Um, I, I really thought Jose Burton and, and Liam Conroy would have probably been there, or Jose Burton and Stephen Ward, or something like that. But it's it's an interesting fight. I think it's fireworks. I do think it's going to be a very um, exciting fight, but uh, for me, the the Walsh and the and the Dickens for, from a UK aspect is 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 standard. And then, as you said about Harlem Eubank and Ibaniki, they've been at it. But this is like 
I think this is what's needed now. This is what COVID, this COVID and this whole pandemic and how we're operating in this pandemic is it's probably one of the positives that we've got from it is that people are being not more risky, are willing to take risks. It's it's like you're they're they're wanting it a wee bit more or something, or they're they're willing to jump into these kind of fights earlier than than expected in their careers and they the element of the O, you know, the undefeated record kind of seems to be withering out. You know, they're, they're willing just to fight. They want a good fight. They want to progress quicker. And they see this as an opportunity of grabbing headlines, jumping the queue, you know, really, really push themselves out there. And the other element, uh, again, if having it on Sky Sports, from our point of view, is fantastic. I, I, I know Harlem Eubank very well. So... I'm I'm a big fan of Harlem. He's a lovely fella. You know, he trains my brother in Adam Booth's gym, and he comes to a lot of the fights in in America. He'll be around for fight week when we're in when we're in New York, and he's he's a brilliant guy. You know, fantastic. You know, everything about him. He, I don't want to say he doesn't he doesn't come across as a Eubank, but he doesn't come across as a Eubank. He's 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 a lovely way about him. Comes across as a really nice guy. He's a vegan. He likes to tell you he's a vegan. But um, yeah, I think Adam Booth, all I can say about Harlem Eubank is Adam Booth has told me in the gym of everyone he trains, Harlem Eubank is the most improved fighter in that gym. Uh, and, and with Josh Kelly, Michael, and at the time Joe Joyce was there. So it's a, it speaks volumes for Harlem and how her, her far he's come along. Could you just run us through um, the rest of the card? Um... We've got the pro debut of Azim on that card as well. Two, two Azim, yeah, two and, and uh, Adam, both on the bill, of course. Yeah. Um, two two top-level GB amateurs coming through. They were highly touted coming out of the, the GB system. Um, they one, one brother was due to make his debut uh, on our last show, but then someone in the camp failed a COVID test. So uh, on fight week, he had to... At the jump out of the card, so he's coming back. Hotly, hotly tipped to be big things. These Azim brothers, very, very good. Uh, my father said he'd seen them a lot in the opposite corner, obviously from from the amateur setup, and he'd fought a lot of his guys on the international circuit with GB. So I'm looking forward to see what they're going to be like. And then from Ireland, we have uh, Fergus Quinn making his second fight, and James McGovern. Two highly tipped prospects, I believe, could be part of this new wave of, of Irish prospects coming through and Irish fighters coming through. McGivern, very talented, silver medalist in the or bronze medalist in the Commonwealth Games. I think he was a European um, medalist at underage level, Commonwealth Games gold medalist at underage level. Fergus Quinn, highly decorated, beat a lot of top amateur kids as well. So Quinn, very strong, very come forward. He's taken a big fight also, six and six guy. McGivern, we try. We just uh, Gino Cantor's and Danny Dignam fight fell through. Danny Dignam again probably should be. I would have liked to see Danny Dignam on the card because he's he deserves a bit of the limelight. You know, he, he's a forgotten man in, in that division. So um, it, it was a bit disappointed that that fell through, but actually happy because I look after James McGivern and he got the call. He was ready to go with two weeks' notice. So we. We're looking to try and build these two pretty quickly, McGivern and Quinn, because we believe in their ability. And, and once you believe in their ability, Kenny, you can, you can match them 
openly a bit more. You can you don't have to protect them as much. You can they can look at different styles and see how they can get on against these different styles. So McGivern's fighting Jordan Ellison, who's a seasoned pro. And if you're good, you'll he'll, you'll prove you're good by beating Jordan Ellison in style. But if you're not as good as what you think, Jordan Ellison will exploit a lot of your uh, feelings. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the prospects. I prefer to watch this stage, that side of the card, to the other side most times because you're seeing the development. Though it's like you're watching something getting made, um, and and how these fighters keep progressing and changing and 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 adding elements to their game is something I like to see and pick up on. Well, that's uh, Wednesday night uh, live on Sky Sports and obviously on ESPN in America. So that's a little bit of a, a bonus night in the week. Always find that these shows that happen middle of the week is kind of, is a bit of a bonus. So we look forward to that and hopefully that should match up to the billing that's on there because like I said, it's littered with 50-50. So hopefully that it does its justice. Yeah, it should. It should. And it's the golden contract finishing. You know, that's, it's been a long time coming through. You know, we were early last year, I think. Um, everyone took a big risk entering the golden contract, not knowing who you were going to fight. Uh, the, on the week, finally getting your opponent, kind of, yeah, pick of one of eight. You get to choose who your opponent is, stuff like this. As we went right through, it was a, it was a very unique concept that we, that we um, came up with and we wanted to, to bring into it. It was fantastic that we were able to work with Sky on it and we were getting their input on things and you know they brought a lot of things to the table also. So it was it's been brilliant that it's came right through. It's it's obviously lasted a lot longer than I thought this first season. So at the end of it, the fin- the, the the reward at, at the late at the end of the tunnel for for the winner of the, the featherweight and the late heavyweight, I'm I'm delighted to see just kind of the, the back of it. Um, okay, well, we'll look forward to that on Wednesday. Um, in action on Friday night, again on uh, Sky Sports is Billy Joe Saunders, who's been out the ring for a little while now, taking on Martin Murray, who's also been out the ring for a little while as well. So, yeah, talk to me about this, Jamie. If the, when I first got told Liber in talks and everything was was in the works, I felt like it was transported back to 2015 or 2014 when this was due to happen. Um, I think it's it's a good fate. It's a good British fate. It, it's a fate that wouldn't happen without COVID. You know, if, the, if we weren't in these um, crazy times and, this, and we weren't working under these crazy situations, this, this fate probably never would have happened. It's a good to see Billy back. It's good to see Martin get, finally get an opportunity to that he's wanted for a, a long while is, is the fight Billy Joe Saunders and the fight Billy Joe Saunders for a world title. So um, it's it's a fight long in the making kind of thing. Billy has sights set on big things. You know, he, he's constantly looking at the, the Canelos, the Demetrius Andrade's, stuff like this. That's, that's always there. He has to have his mind focused on Martin Murray though. If he doesn't, Martin could probably pick up and exploit some things here. So... I know Billy is is took himself away and he's he's preparing himself hundred percent and I don't know it's a, it's when you see these all British uh, world title fights you kind of not that you appreciate it more you, you see it more you're spoiled a bit the, the British the Brits are spoiled now that 
they're able to have all British world title fights, whereas you know, 10 years ago, you would never have thought about these world title fights happening on your own shore. Do you think with Billy Joe Saunders, obviously we've seen uh, Callum Smith now the, the Canelo fight, which is taking place in less than three weeks' time, but probably a bit of a bittersweet situation for Billy Joe. He would want someone like Callum Smith if he wasn't getting it to land that kind of fight, but it's also a reminder of the fact that Billy Joe's fight didn't happen through no fault of his own, obviously through the whole coronavirus situation, but he'd be happy for him, but he'd be also gutted at the same time that it's not him stepping in there on the 19th. I'm sure he would be. Eh? It's, I think every boxer would be if they were in the same situation. You know, your ego would come into play, but as you said, he'd also be happy for Callum. This, the, the reality of it all is he's there or thereabouts. You know, if he continues to win, he's there or thereabouts, it'll happen. Um, you know, Matchroom now and Addy working with Canelo just opens the doors a wee bit more with with Billy in the same in the same stable as Calm Smith and able to kind of have them conversations. Everything the way that's working, so the zone being involved also. If if they keep the zone in in play with with Canelo, which I'm not sure they will, you know, the world it could be his oyster. All he has to do is keep winning. The fates are all there. You know, we are, it, as you said, it was already done. It was basically done. I think there were a day or two days away from announcing and then everything happened. Um, so if I'm his position, you, you have to kind of put yourself in that frame of mind that all I have to do is keep winning and, and I'm there also. You know, I, I fight the winner or if, if, if Calm Smith wins, Billy Joe and Calm Smith going at it for a world title would be for everything, for all the marbles, would be un- unbelievable. But he can't really have the mindset of bitterness or anything like that, which I'm, I don't think he will. He will be happy for Callum, but also realise that I'm there. I just have to win this this final hurdle, and I'm there also. Again, that's uh, live on Sky Sports uh, this Friday. What can you tell us about Carl Frampton's situation regarding this fight with uh, Herring? We're in the middle of confirming. We're just, it's a bit of an awkward situation with the two broadcasters. So ESPN have one date the day like, um, BT have a date the day like, and we're just trying, we should have a confirmation this week on the on the date. The, both lads have start, entered camp. We've kind of given them a, a minimum time scale of where it's going to be. They're, they're looking at it and you know, it can fluctuate between that and maybe three weeks. So they know where, where they have to be in their, their, their mental and, and physical preparation. So they've, they've entered, both have entered camp early. Um, Jamel has had to miss out on Thanksgiving. Both of them will most likely have to miss out on Christmas because it's going to be early to 2021. Um, likely to be London is what we're looking at. Hopefully some kind of crowd. And I know there's been you know some kind of uh, openings at this tier system now in the UK. Hopefully we can get something in there or some kind of atmosphere because I think it's deserving of the fate. It's deserving of the magnitude of the fate. Carl Frampton attempting to become a three world champion, something that is, is, is crazy to think, you know, an Irish guy kind of going for this and, and, and attempting this and Jamel coming over to defend his title. Jamel is, is solely confident on, on the fate. Carl is confident on the fate. Um, 
it's a thing I'm really, it's interesting. And I go back and forth every day when I'm speaking to each of them that uh, how I see the faith developing. You know, Jamel's so tall. When we were in Vegas and, and they actually stood beside each other for the first time, I didn't realize how tall he was. Um, but Frampton has this, has this drive on him because he, he's fighting for something more than, than a world championship, than a world belt. He's fighting for something that is history. Jamel, I think, needs this fight to prove for himself and, and, and to the boxing world that he's a legitimate world champion also. And he wants to kind of, this is a, a marquee fight for him, a big fight for him to kind of stamp, stamp his legacy going forward. So he sees Frampton as a big scalp to take. It's, it's a fantastic fight. Both of them are so, like, super confident. I, don't, I can't, can't stress how confident both of them are. And um, stylistically, it's a it's a fantastic matchup. Is there any update on Liam Williams' situation with uh, Demetrius Andrade? I think there's talks to be happening this week again. Um, it's a bit of a it's a bit it's not a bit of a it is a shambles the, the way the way Williams has been treated and bypassed and you know it's it's one of the, it's one of these kind of things in boxing that's that's uh, frustrating at times when you when you when you're in the position, you've done everything that's needed. You're number one, you're mandatory and you're sitting waiting and waiting and waiting and you're beating everyone they put in front of you. You, you cannot beat anyone else. Um, you need to be fighting for a world title. I think Frank is on the ball now. I, I know um, we've been pushing on Frank to kind of get this done, to, to get him to get involved and, and to get uh, Demetrius Andre for, for Liam Williams. So it's something that's really needed. It, it's... It's a shame because I think Liam Williams in Britain is one of the most exciting fighters, one of the most improved fighters, and one of the most dangerous fighters that's coming that's coming along at this moment in time. He's he's um, every fight. He just looks, he looks like when you speak to that guy, he's he's very nice, and when when you see him speaking on something, he seems very nice. But when he's he's a different animal in that ring, and it's come more to the forefront now. He's He's frustrated, and rightly so, rightly so. Yeah, it's a, that's a fight that I think a lot of people actually do want to see between Williams and Andre. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get some kind of news about that uh, very soon. Um, how's your brother? How's his injury? His, his injury, um, the doctors are they're, they're pleased. They're very highly pleased. They didn't expect him to be back punching. And be back with mobility as as smoothly as it is at this moment in time. His recovery is is I don't know. He's very mentally driven. Um, his mindset is is um, is different to anyone else I've ever met. Kind of thing. He has this this drive to just to, to be the best, to improve, to get better every day. Every day. He's looking at improving and looking at something that he needs to improve on. And when this injury came along, he handled it with that same um, intensity. He's he's went back training. So it, like when he got the injury and he got the boot on, he was back lifting weights all. So his, his strangulationer gave him an upper body um, program that he could use without actually going over or using his feet or using his, his knee um, or using his ankle. Sorry, using his ankle and kind of. When, when he got that, he started doing this sort of body stuff. Then he started getting better. He got some recovery thing on it to help his ankle and deflate all the, the, the torn ligament. So it's, 
Oh, he he's he's come back brilliant. I expect March to be yeah. Still expect March as the as our target guideline. Like so, he, is he he came back punching Friday, uh, which I kind of said to him to ease off on because you're still going to be March. So March and Paddy's Day. Um, whether we go to the states, hopefully we're back up up and running in the states, and we can kind of get in. If not, why not Belfast? Well, we look forward to his his return, and we wish him like a a, a quick recovery. And that's not quick, but you know what I mean. Um, we saw uh, Macaulay McGowan put up a very brave performance against Corkumet recently, uh, but he's someone Corkumet that is tipped to do big things. Yeah, I, th- I think we we had a meeting last year with Asker, in uh, sorry this year earlier. It feels like last year now about uh, our Kazakh prospects and Kazakh Uzbeks, that kind of uh, region of the world, and how we can, who we can get and who is in. And, and Kalakmed is, it was, was uh, everyone's tip to, to be with things. He was the last guy to beat. I think he was the last guy to beat Madrov, who's with the zone and, and, yeah. and Matt and Wild. So he, you know, he's, he's through the amateur system, he's always been, Highly touted, and you know, Stale has been very like he's explosive. He's he can punch with either hand. He's got great footwork. And, and when they said we can we we can um, sign him, it was is unbelievable. Then how we kind of matched them when we spoke to him. So we've got two or three in similar regions. Um, we got him, and then we have the the cruiserweight heavyweight guy, and we have the Armenian, which is Bashkov. All three of these guys just want to be matched. They feel like they want to be Lomachenko'd kind of thing, where you're kind of saying, can we take it down a bit or whatever? But they're highly touted amateurs. They're, they're elite-level amateurs. They, they've won elite-level medals, elite medals. Um, I thought Bajkov in when he fought in Dubai, was, was quality. Um, his debut was, was special. And um, hopefully we'll try and get him out again before... Um, before he tries to go to the Olympics, he'll be trying to go to the Olympics for Armenia. Uh, we see different avenues of him. So matching them is, is him taking Macaulay McGowan in his second fight, Kalakmir. Yeah. You know, undefeated, coming over to the UK, everything new. It was nothing to him. All he wanted to do was, can I go and meet Tyson Fury? As <laughs> soon as he got to the UK, can I meet Tyson Fury? That's, that's all he wanted to do. So matching him, we'll, we'll get him out again early 2021, potentially in the UK again. You know, these kind of guys, they, they are elite. You know, when you're building these prospects and you're trying to think, these, like the number four in Kazakhstan, when you go and watch these, that like the number four in their amateur system. It, I, remember, I remember Mick telling me um, when, when we spoke, like, what was your hardest day? No, who, was your, who was your best our hardest competitor. And he said, no, it wasn't like, he's got various different reasons for various opponents, but says the hardest day was, I went to Kazakhstan, we were in Kazakhstan training camp, and it was me and number two, number one, two, and four of, of like sparring, all sparring each other. He said, the three of them kind of like tag teamed mm. against him. I never got a beaten as bad as I will. 
and I, he learned so much from it. But he says the like the number four was better than the number one, and then like the number three was better. Number two was better. Than number three, he says it was crazy. How just every single one of them, you're thinking, I'm getting an easy one here. This is number four. This is the hard one. This is the number one. He says everyone was like, a, like they were the best. They they were quality. Everything that they done was was quality. So, Kalak made. You, you were looking at at the similar kind. Where we 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 envision him to be able to run through things very quickly, uh, and early twenty twenty one, we're going to try and match them again, similar way that we did. Macaulay McGowan, I was surprised Macaulay took the fight, but it shows the balls on on Macaulay, and kind of when I spoke to Kofi and saying to Kofi like like this is a tough fight. They didn't care, you know. He, he they seen that as a scout. The WBC belt on the lane. They seen taking. They they didn't think anything of it. I think he deserves rewarded and deserves to come back and, and and deserves another crack at the whip because, you know, he he did take the opportunity and did risk everything from being out of the ring for a, a while also. And yeah, you, know, you have to applaud someone like that. Okay, um, Jamie. Just finally, just a reaction from the show. Over the weekend, uh, Joe Joyce, who again, I know you know Joe, who's obviously uh, trained in the same gym as your brother Michael under Adam Booth. Um, yeah, were you surprised with the outcome of that fight? I, I expected, I thought Joe would win. Um, and, and like most, if it went past six, I would have said Joe. Everyone was saying the same thing, if, if he could take the par, whatever, but... I was surprised. I had it even after six, and then Joe kind of pulled away from me, and I had it run six six rounds to three. His jab was brilliant. At times, he's frustrating because you're going, you know, he, he, there's more to him than what what he actually is. But you know, the fate, the ball was dangerous up the six rounds. Then it seemed like the fate had went out of him. But I remember I was I watched it with my father, and I said after I think, the third round, Martin Bars was given the Bois the Rocky Balboa speech in the corner, kind of you know you're in it now, you have to do blah blah. blah. It was a real kind of G up speech. Just picking this back up with Jamie Conlon, just lost some internet connection there. Um, yeah, you were just kind of finishing off on what you were saying about uh, Joe Joyce's win against the Bois. No, I, I wasn't surprised in terms of yes, of course you're 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 surprised in boxing because anything can happen. But I, I did think Joe, I did have Joe winning or think Joe was going to win. I had him six three up after th- six rounds out of three each, and then it felt just the sting and and um, Daniel Dubois punches etc. went out. I think he had like a. The second win, round six, you seen him coming out of the corner, give it a good, like a, a, a big hurrah. Joe's frustrating at times to watch Joe Joyce, but I'm, I'm sure he's, it's easier watching Joe Joyce than fighting Joe Joyce. Joe would be, like you, it'd be, be strange to fight Joe Joyce. Like big guy like that, and then he moves weird, and then you hit him and he doesn't move, but I think it was in the third round, Martin Barge was given, given Daniel like a, a Rocky Balboa speech in the corner, like really trying to G him up, really getting in, trying to get in his head. And, and that's when I kind of said, I was sitting, I watched it with my father and I said, he needs, you know, like he needs G'd up and that's not a good sense. Way too early for, 
for that. It was only three rounds in. There was a lot more to fight to go, and he shouldn't be blowing there needing this kind of motivation. You know, he wasn't there yet. He hadn't hit strains of sailing. He hadn't hit that wall. Every, in a fight, you kind of, you give a lot and then you have to go a bit extra. And usually that's what they say about the championship rounds, etc. that. But it was three rounds in and he was already getting this, this big pep talk that, that, he, that he was in the fight now and he had to really give it a go and kind of had a feeling then that back end of this fight I don't think he's going to be there <clears throat> circumstances of him of him with them I found strange and it's easy to say quit but now it's all coming out about the orbital bone and he must have been in sheer agony you know can a boxer really can a boxer really quit yes or no I think it's a very conflicted argument within sport um, it would be from my own for my own career, it would be something like I don't. I, it's something I could never do. Like, it, it don't, no matter how much I was getting beaten or, or how much pain I was in, to to just say no, kind of thing, or stop, or I don't know. I think if it's ingrained in you, you'll do it. But if it's not ingrained in you, you will never do it. And and uh, I I listened to Tony Bellews speaking about his coach saying it, and I've heard the same like never kind of spew it because once you do it it's hard the first time but once you do it it gets easier and I think that's a worry going forward but he's 23 the boy is 23 he carried the weight of a promotion or promotional stable on his back a broadcaster on his back and maybe forced in the position that he probably shouldn't be at 23 he should have been a lot learning listen he wasn't the GB number one he wasn't Anthony Joshua he wasn't an elite level amateur in terms of Olympian, etc. He's been given the keys kind of, of the promotional stable and the broadcaster of BT Sports with this big backing. And maybe he just wasn't ready for it. Maybe they should have had more to help him. Maybe, I know they have, it was him and Anthony Yard kind of been bringing as the new wave of BT Sport. Maybe he shouldn't have been, maybe they should have had a bit more. Remember they, they had when uh, Billy Joe, the Gale, and and that lot and Frankie Gavin they all turned pro but I remember Frank doing a big spiel but it was like maybe Paul Smith etc all of these faders together not just two faders that's a lot of pressure on a, on young shoulders and a big fight his first big fight um, and a big build up and an annoying Sam Jones probably in the build up stuff like this kind of playing a part. come again, Connie. He's 23 years old. He's a young heavyweight. He can come again. One million percent. I think he was probably, that's what I'm trying to get, the point I'm trying to get across is he's probably been pushed and rushed into that position and he shouldn't have been in, the, in that position so early. 23 years of age, learning on the job. Um, very hard to do in heavyweight division because there's a, there's a big difference in, in good and bad fighters and, and there's, there's not much there where you can go I'll put him in this guy because, no, he won't knock him out. In heavyweight division, everyone can knock everyone out. Whereas, like in a, as a flyweight or, a, or a, a lightweight or whatever, you're building him up. You're saying he doesn't have the power that he has, so we'll build it like this. Yeah, 100% he can come again. Joe Joyce, I think the world is, is oyster. Um, found it very strange that you know, his promoter is, was against him, the whole build-up that the fight. And it was him and Sam against the world, it seemed like. And I'm delighted for Joe, a, a, a lovely man. Um, 
he's a lot more flexible than he shows in the ring. Like he does the big somersault hard and someone that hate do the somersault uh, and, and whatnot. But then looks so rigid in the ring at times. I thought the game plan was very good. Just jab, jab, keep moving, the, keep moving away from the right hand, keep the jab, keep flicking with the jab. I thought then he should incorporate the right hand as, as the Bois was starting to tire, but he, he didn't need to. He won the fight with a jab, Um Joe and Usyk next, is that what they're talking? That's the talk at the moment, we'll see. <coughs> Sorry. Stylistically, um, Usyk, Usyk will probably like that. And I remember the fight in the WSB. Listen, it's over five, it was over five rounds. Can, Us- can Usyk hurt Joe Joyce? Possibly not. Um, is, should Joe, Joe stay then just to walk him down, try and do similar to Derek Azora? Is that kind of going to be the template now to try and beat Usyk? I don't know. It's interesting. It's intriguing. Um, and I'm delighted for Joe to be in that position now to put the, the challenge for world titles. Okay. Well, Jamie Conlon, thank you very much for talking to IFL TV and giving us your thoughts ahead of uh, a lot of boxing. Well, just not this week, but obviously we'll have another catch-up next week. There's more MTK fighters that are out uh, in action before Christmas, so we'll run through them as well. But appreciate your time. And, uh, yeah, roll on Wednesday night. Roll on Wednesday night. Roll on Wednesday night. Jazza Dickens against uh, Ryan Welch. Fantastic night. Sky Sports Boxing and ESPN Plus in the States. Jamie, thank you very much for your time and we'll definitely catch up with you again soon. Thanks, hope you're well. Stay safe. Thank you, mate. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debts.